The Man Who Would Not Scold From a Chinese Wonder Book By Norman Hinsdale Pittman This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman The Man Who Would Not Scold By Norman Hinsdale Pittman Old Wang lived in a village near Nanking. He cared for nothing in the world but to eat good food and plenty of it. Now, though this Wang was by no means a poor man, it made him very sad to spend money, and so people called him in sport the Miser King, for Wang is the Chinese word for king. His greatest pleasure was to eat at someone else's table when he knew the food would cost him nothing and you may be sure that at such times he always licked his chopsticks clean. But when he was spending his own money, he tightened his belt and drank a great deal of water, eating very little but scraps, such as his friends would have thrown to the dogs. Thus people laughed at him and said, When Wang an invitation gets, he chews and chews until he sweats. But when his own food he must eat, the tears slow down and wet his feet. One day, while Wang was lying half asleep on the bank of a stream that flowed near his house, he began to feel hungry. He had been in that spot all day without tasting anything. At last he saw a flock of ducks swimming in the river. He knew that they belonged to a rich man named Lin, who lived in the village. They were fat ducks, so plump and tempting that it made him hungry to look at them. Oh! For a boiled duck, he said to himself with a sigh, why is it that the gods have not given me the taste of duck during the past year? What have I done to be thus denied? Then the thought flashed into his mind. Here am I asking why the gods have not given me ducks to eat. Who knows, but that they have sent this flock, thinking that I would have sense enough to grab one. Friend Lin, many thanks for your kindness. I think I shall accept your offer, and take one of these fowls for my dinner. Of course, Mr. Lin was nowhere near to hear old Wang thank him. By this time the flock had come to shore. The miser picked himself up lazily from the ground, and, having tired himself out, he at last managed to pick one of the ducks up, too. He took it home joyfully, hiding it under his ragged garment. Once in his own yard he lost no time in killing and preparing it for dinner. He ate it, laughing to himself all the time at his own slyness, and wondering what his friend Lin would think if he chanced to count his ducks that night. No doubt he will believe it was a great hawk that carried off that bird, he said, chuckling. My word, but didn't I do a great trick? I think I will repeat the dose tomorrow. The first duck is well lodged in my stomach, and I'm ready to take an oath that all the others will find a bed in that same boarding-house before many weeks have passed. It would be a pity to leave the first one to pine away in lonely grief. I could never be so cruel. So old Wang went to bed happy. For several hours he snored away noisily, dreaming that a certain rich man had promised him good food for all the rest of his life and that he would never be forced to do another stroke of work. At midnight, however, he was wakened from his sleep 
by an unpleasant itching. His whole body seemed to be on fire, and the pain was more than he could bear. He got up and paced the floor. There was no oil in the house for his lamp, and he had to wait until morning to see what was the matter. At early dawn he stepped outside his shanty. Lo and behold, he found little red spots all over his body. Before his very eyes he saw tiny duck feathers sprouting from these spots. As the morning went by, the feathers grew larger and larger, until his whole body was covered with them from head to foot. Only his face and hands were free from the strange growth. With a cry of horror, Wang began to pull the feathers out by handsful, flinging them in the dirt and stamping on them. The gods have fooled me, he yelled. They made me take the duck and eat it, and now they are punishing me for stealing. But the faster he jerked the feathers out, the faster they grew in again, longer and more glossy than before. Then, too, the pain was so great that he could scarcely keep from rolling on the ground. At last, completely worn out by his useless labor, and moaning with despair, he took to his bed. Am I to be changed into a bird? he groaned. May the gods have mercy on me. He tossed about on his bed. He could not sleep. His heart was sick with fear. Finally he fell into a troubled sleep, and, sleeping, had a dream. A fairy came down to his bedside. It was Fairy Old Boy, the friend of the people. Ah, my poor Wang, said the fairy, all this trouble you have brought upon yourself by your shiftless, lazy habits. When others work, why do you lie down and sleep your time away? Why don't you get up and shake your lazy legs? There is no place in the world for such a man as you, except the pigsty. I know you were telling the truth, wailed Wang, but how, oh, how can I ever work with all these feathers sticking out of me? They will kill me! They will kill me! Hear the man, laughed old boy. Now if you were a hopeful, happy fellow, you would say, What a stroke of luck! No need to buy garments. The gods have given me a suit of clothes that will never wear out. You are a pretty fellow to be complaining, aren't you? After joking in this way for a little while, the good fairy changed his tone of voice and said, Now, Wang, are you really sorry for the way you have lived? Sorry for your years of idleness? Sorry because you disgraced your old father and mother? I hear your parents died of hunger because you would not help them. Wang, seeing that old boy knew all about his past life, and feeling his pain growing worse and worse every minute, cried out at last, Yes, yes, I will do anything you say. Only I pray you, free me of these feathers. I wouldn't have your feathers, said old boy, and I cannot free you from them. You will have to do the whole thing yourself. What you need is to hear a good scolding. Go and get Mr. Lin, the owner of the stolen duck, to scold freely. The harder he scolds, the sooner your feathers will drop out. Now, of course, some readers will laugh and say, But this was only a silly dream, and meant nothing. Mr. Wang, however, did not think in this way. He woke up very happy. He would go to Mr. Lin, confess everything, and take the scolding. Then he would be free of his feathers and would go to work. Truly he had led a lazy life, 
what the good very old boy had said about his father and mother had hurt him very badly for he knew that every word was true from this day on he would not be lazy he would take a wife and become a father of a family miser wang meant all right when he started out from his shanty from his little hoard of money he took enough cash to pay mr lin for the stolen duck he would do everything the fairy had told him and even more but this doing more was just where he got into trouble as he walked along the road jingling the string of cash and thinking that he must soon give it up to his neighbor he grew very sad he loved every copper of his money and he disliked to part with it after all old boy had not told him he must confess to the owner of the duck he had said he must go to lin and get lin to give a good scolding old boy did not say that lin must scold me thought the miser all that i need to do is get him to scold and then my feathers will drop off and i shall be happy why not tell him that old sand stole his duck and get him to give sand a scolding that will surely do just as well and i shall save my money as well as my face besides if i tell lin that i am a thief perhaps he will send for the police and they will haul me off to prison surely going to jail would be as bad as wearing feathers ha ha this will be a good joke on sin lin and the whole lot of them i shall fool fairy old boy too really he had no right to speak of my father and mother in the way he did after all they died of fever and i was no doctor to cure them how could he say it was my fault the longer wang talked to himself the surer he became it was useless to tell lin he had stolen the duck by the time he had reached the duck man's house he had fully made up his mind to deceive him mr lin invited him to come in and sit down he was a plain-spoken honest kind of man this lin everybody liked him for he never spoke ill of any man and he always had something good to say of his neighbors well what's your business friend wang you have come out bright and early and it's a long walk from your place to mine oh i had something important i wanted to talk to you about began wang slightly that's a fine flock of ducks you have over in the meadow yes said mr lin smiling a fine flock indeed but he said nothing of the stolen fowl how many have you questioned wang more boldly i counted them yesterday morning and there were fifteen but did you count them again last night yes i did answered lin slowly and there were only fourteen then quite right friend wang one of them was missing but one duck is of little importance why do you speak of it what no importance losing a duck how can you say so a duck's a duck isn't it and surely you would like to know how you lost it a hawk most likely no it wasn't a hawk but if you would go and look in old sen's duckyard you would likely find feathers nothing more natural i'm sure in a duckyard yes but your duck's feathers persisted wang what you think old sen is a thief do you and that he has been stealing from me exactly you have it now well well that is too bad i am sorry the old fellow is having such a hard time he is a good worker 
and deserves better luck. I should willingly have given him a duck if he had only asked for it. Too bad that he had to steal it. Wang waited to see how Mr. Lin planned to punish the thief, feeling sure that the least he could do would be to go and give him a good scolding. But nothing of the kind happened. Instead of growing angry, Mr. Lin seemed to be sorry for Sen, sorry he was poor, sorry that he was willing to steal. "'Aren't you even going to give him a scolding?' asked Wang in disgust. "'Better go to his house with me and give him a good raking over the coals.' "'What use? What use? Hurt a neighbor's feeling just for a duck? That would be foolish indeed.' By this time the miser king had begun to feel an itching all over his body. The feathers had begun hurting again, and he was frightened once more. He became excited and threw himself on the floor in front of Mr. Lin. "'Hey, what's the matter, man?' cried Lin, thinking Wang was in a fit. "'What's the matter? Are you ill?' "'Yes, very ill,' wailed Wang. "'Mr. Lin, I am a bad man, and I may as well own it at once, and be done with it. There is no use trying to dodge the truth or hide the fault. I stole your duck last night, and today I came sneaking over here and tried to put the thing off on old Sin. Yes, I knew it, answered Lin. I saw you carrying the duck off under your garment. Why did you come to see me at all, if you thought I did not know your guilt? Only wait, and I'll tell you everything, said Wang, bowing still lower. After I had boiled your duck and eaten it, I went to bed. Pretty soon I felt an itching all over my body. I could not sleep, and in the morning I found I had a thick growth of duck's feathers from head to foot. The more I pulled them out, the thicker they grew in. I could hardly keep from screaming. I took to my bed, and after I had tossed about for hours, a fairy came and told me that I could never get rid of my troubles unless I got you to give me a thorough scolding. Here is the money for your duck. Now, for the love of mercy, scold, and do it quickly, for I can't stand the pain much longer. Wang was groveling in the dirt at Lin's feet, but Lin answered him only with a loud laugh, which burst into a roar. Duck feathers! Ha, ha, ha! And all over your body! Why, that's too good a story to believe! You'll be wanting to live in the water next! Ha, ha, ha! Scold me! Scold me! begged Wang. For the love of the gods, scold me! But Lin only laughed louder. Pray, let me see this wonderful growth of feathers first, and then we'll talk about the scolding. Wang willingly opened his garment and showed the doubting Lin that he had been really speaking the truth. They must be warm, said Lin, laughing. Winter is soon coming, and you are not over fond of work. Won't they save you the trouble of wearing clothes? But they make me itch, so I can scarcely stand it. I feel like screaming out, the pain is so great. And again Wang got down and began to kowtow to the other. That is, he knelt and bumped his forehead against the ground. Be calm, my friend, and give me time to think of some good scold words, said Lin at last. I am not in the habit of using strong language, and very seldom lose my temper. Really, you must give me time to think of what to say. By this time, Wang was in such pain that he lost all power over himself. He seized Lin by the legs, crying out, 
Scold me! Scold me! Mr. Lin was now out of patience with his visitor. Besides, Wang was holding him so tightly that it really felt as if Lin were being pinched by some giant crawfish. Suddenly Lin could hold his tongue no longer. You lazy hound! You whelp! You turtle! You lazy, good-for-nothing creature! I wish you would hurry up and roll out of this. Now in China this is very strong language, and with a cry of joy Wang leapt up from the ground, for he knew that Lin had scolded him. No sooner had the first hasty words been spoken than the feathers began to fall from the lazy man's body, and, at last, the dreadful itching had entirely stopped. On the floor in front of Lin lay a giant pile of feathers, and Wang, freed from his trouble, pointed to them and said, Thank you kindly, my dear friend, for the pretty names you have called me. You have saved my life, and although I have paid for the duck, I wish to add to the bargain by making you a present of these handsome feathers. They will, in a measure, repay you for your splendid set of scold words. I have learned my lesson well, I hope, and I shall go out of here a better man. Fairy old boy told me that I was lazy. You agreed with the fairy. From this day, however, you shall see that I can bend my back like a good fellow. Good-bye, and many thanks for your kindness. So saying, with many low bows and polite words, Wang left the duck owner's house, a happier and wiser man. The End of the Man Who Would Not Scold by Norman Hinsdale Pittman